So I'm a Bank of America and everybody's missing money. I'm also missing money over $1,300 and they're telling me to call customer service and they keep hanging up, and on, they, and they keep hanging up on people. This is another person here is also missing money. So we're trying to see what's going on. Money's missing today and we need our money. And they're already telling us to call customer service and customer service ain't doing nothing about it. So just a heads up, if anybody's experiencing this, please let us know because this is not right. I'm missing $1,400 from my account. And they're telling me that there's no way they can help us. This guy's missing money too. This other person is missing money too. And he's, you missing money too? There you go. So this is not something that's just one person. This is everybody's happening to them. And this is crazy. This is very crazy. Yes, Bank of America decided to take people's money without their consent. And we're asking what's going on and they're giving us a runaround. Everybody for the same thing, man. Same thing. Imagine waking up to find money missing from your Bank of America account you'd be enraged and rightfully so. Well, that's exactly what happened to Bank of America customers. They began reporting issues with payments process through the money transfer service Zelle yesterday morning after noticing large amounts of money disappearing from their accounts. And get this, at no fault of their own. I woke up this morning to an alert on my phone that my balance had dropped below the threshold. And I, you know, thought to myself, well, I didn't have a wild weekend. Like, mm, let me see what's going on. It literally said zero balance. And it had nothing to do with that wild weekend, might I add. Well, outrage and outright disbelief for those impacted customers. It took all day for the money to be returned. Bank of America says the problem has since been resolved and the funds restored. Zelle has been under fire because critics say it's vulnerable to fraud, hacking, and theft, though at this point, there's no indication that's what happened yesterday. The truth is we are trusting third-party organizations with our money, and hacking does happen. We still don't know exactly what happened in this case, so I want to be clear about that. Zelle is pointing fingers as of now to Bank of America. Bank of America said this resolved, and it is still evolving, but the truth is we are vulnerable. Well, Zell issued a statement saying the issues yesterday were a problem at Bank of America and not its system. Bank of America has apologized to its customer, but, but hasn't given details as to what caused that problem. According to MarketWatch, Zell is the most popular money transfer service. It's owned by several banks, including Bank of America. Cynical dark humor memes aside, that clip from Bank of America struck me this week. What a razor's edge we operate upon where a supposed system glitch at one of the global systematic important bank institutions in the United States basically illustrates just how fast average unsecured depositors will turn out in anger when something goes wrong. Former Federal Reserve Governor John Exeter's inverted pyramid suggests that in an unstable economic system, holding physical cash in quantity to safely navigate a bank freeze or financial crisis spillover event makes good common historical sense. Updated to today's modern financial world, this is how the inverted pyramid looks. And central banks still know this fact that Fiat Federal Reserve notes and gold bullion are critical for liquidity and solvency. And since the 2008 global financial crisis, they've been increasingly buying gold bullion at a pace not seen since before World War II. This data is only suggesting what they've already admitted to. Around the same time that John Exeter was creating his original inverted pyramid illustration in late 1969, the ATM, or automatic teller machine, was becoming a hot new technological advancement. Here's a short clip of how the new technology was covered on the other side of the world in Australia back in 1969. But perhaps the, uh, the nicest thing of all is this recent innovation by the commercial banking company of Sydney. It's a little card that brings you instant cash. And all you do is this. 
These machines you'll be seeing before too long, in about six weeks' time, actually, on the bank's walls around Sydney. And uh, all you do is just place this card in here, in the slot. It's taken inside. You wait for a light to come on and you press six digits. Wait a second or two and out drops your instant cash. $25 of it. It seems very simple and uh, very nice. It's not quite as easy as all that. Uh, Ian Masters is the representative of the Chubb Company who are going to be uh, installing these um, machines for the commercial banking company. Uh, how does it actually work behind the wall, Ian? Well, the, the card, is, which you just place through the machine there, is specially computed with information containing the, the account number, branch number, etc. It is, when it is placed in the machine, it is necessary for the combination number to be tapped after the card has been accepted by the machine. And three, oh, five. As you can see, the whole operation, when you have the correct number, only takes about 10 seconds. Well, how's it going to work uh, from the bank's point of view? I mean, uh, how do you get the cards and who's going to get them? Well, any check account customer of the bank will be able to obtain one from his local bank manager. Well, once the card goes back in here into the machine, uh, it disappears. It's not returned to the... How does the client, client get it back? Not immediately. The, the machine retains the card and then it is forwarded back to the client by the fastest possible means by the bank once the account has been debited. Um, it only pays $25? Only $25, yes. Well, what happens if somebody wants more than $25? Well, in that case, uh, I think it would be best if they make arrangements with their local bank manager to overcome this problem. The idea is to use this only on the weekend, for weekends when the bank's closed, is it? Oh, no, no. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year. What happens if, if the uh, customer loses his card? Well, if the card is lost, it's not going to be much help to the person finding the card. Um, they would try and put it in the machine, but of course they um, don't know the combination numbers of it and the chances of getting it. Or the numbers that you press there? One. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's one other thing, apparently, that the, the cards are almost impossible to forge because apart from the uh, little punch card holes in them, it's also specially magnetised, which makes things pretty difficult. So don't go rushing out and trying to uh, manufacture a whole lot of these cards uh, in search of instant cash because they just won't work. As we move increasingly faster into a less unipolar, US-dominant world financial system and move more into a multipolar, price discovery world, it's not surprising to see the former linchpins of critical commodity pricing power wobbling. The Bank for International Settlements continues actively working on the coming fiat CBDC payment infrastructure, and not merely retail versions that you or I are supposed to one day use with smartphones for regular daily payments, but also the larger underlying payment technologies that will allow wholesale trade settlements amongst some of even our supposed multipolar rivals and their commercial banking systems. The Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub is exploring solutions for overcoming these limitations. The aim is to allow cross-border payments to be immediate, cheap, widely accessible, and settled in a secure medium. A possible solution would be a multiple central bank digital currency platform, or MCBDC. That is, a technical platform that directly connects digital central bank money. 
Building on earlier CBDC prototypes, the BIS Innovation Hub and the four participating central banks joined forces to bring to life such a multi-CBDC platform named Embridge, which stands for Multiple CBDC Bridge. By providing a shared platform on which participants can conduct peer-to-peer -peer payments directly across jurisdictions using safe local central bank money, Embridge can tackle the pain points of international payments, advance cross-border settlement in digital central bank money, and support diversification of currencies in cross-border transactions. Over the past year, the project team has moved Embridge from a prototype to a pilot phase. From August 15th to September 23rd, a pilot focused on payments for international trade successfully took place on the Embridge platform. This was the largest multi-CBDC pilot involving real-value cross-border transactions among commercial banks from four different jurisdictions. Four central banks and five commercial banks from each jurisdiction for a total of 24 participants took part in the pilot with the BIS Innovation Hub acting as a central coordinator. The pilot consisted of three basic transaction types. First, issuance and redemption of CBDC between central banks and their domestic commercial banks. Second, simple one-way cross-border payments between commercial banks. And third, cross-border atomic payment versus payment for foreign exchange between commercial banks. The pilot was conducted in three phases, with each phase seeing an addition of a new jurisdiction. A total of $12.1 million in all four CBDCs was issued onto the platform. This facilitated more than $22 million in cross-border payments and effects transactions made through over 160 transactions. The pilot demonstrated the platform's ability to transact real-value payments in a real-world setting. It enabled peer-to-peer -peer instant exchange of CBDCs to improve cross-border payment speed, efficiency, and reduce settlement risk, thereby confirming its potential. Equipped with the learnings from the pilot, the Enbridge project will continue towards a production-ready platform for cross-border payments. Hello on behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with your weekly bullion market update. Before we go any further, smash the like button so we can share this content with other like-minded sound money stackers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more complimentary weekly updates to come, and don't forget to enter our free bullion giveaway. Raise your hand if you like free stuff. We were going to give away a free tube of the brand new 2023 Silver Eagle coins. Then we said, nah, make it 25 tubes. SD Boolean is at it again with the Silver Eagle Monster Box sweepstakes. How many coins are in a monster box? Let's just say one lucky participant is going to be showing off their best celebratory dance moves with 500 shiny new silver bird friends. So head over to sdboolean.com backslash sweepstakes for your chance to win. The silver and gold markets traded sideways and slightly higher in fiat fed note price, respectively, this week. The spot silver price ask has basically climbed to 24 an ounce, while the spot gold price continues showing strength, moving near 1930 an ounce ask. The spot gold silver ratio climbed to close this week at 80. 
Yesterday, I ran a quick sentiment poll on Twitter regarding the bullish power that gold has been recently trading with. It seems many of you out there expect to see silver play some catch-up to gold before the end of this year. Understandably, the feeling amongst bullion bulls remains positive. This week, even CNBC pumped silver bullishness with an article citing a potential run back to 30 an ounce spot this year, while supplies of silver are insufficient to meet demand. The bullish silver article's author forgot to mention detailed trends and data specifics, like how the silver squeeze in Wall Street silver bullion buying movement on goes, while global silver ETFs, COMEX, and the City of London have been consistently drained of silver bullion inventories for now, years running. They didn't mention how research now suggests that solar panel growth, in line with climate change commitments, would require at least 85% of proven global silver reserves in the ground, while the inflationary world has a potential store of value crisis building on the horizon. ZNBC readers of this article would also be helped in knowing that the current spot silver price is still over negative 85% off its record price when simply using increasingly rigged CPI government price inflation data from 1980 until today. While there is quite simply no other precious global commodity as undervalued as silver currently is, I'll be sure to tweet this article's author again so she's informed of these facts for the next time. To close this week, I'll end by readdressing some of the points we started with regarding bullion versus still dominant fiat Federal Reserve notes. While it's true that the fiat Federal Reserve note is still the largest, most important currency in the financial universe, the speed of technological change and trade is likely to change that in the coming years. And while the fiat US dollar index, or DXY, is again trading at 102, it's important to know from whence we have come to better know where we might be going. Two decades ago, we embarked on a secular dollar bear market that led all the way into the 2008 global financial crisis. And you can see how silver and gold were priced back then versus now with the DXY again at 102. If we look on the other side of the world from the last 2003 to 2011 run for gold and silver respectively, an obvious trend is echoed. In China, for instance, once an old cup and handle formation broke out, the fiat yuan price of gold went on a more than threefold run into 2011. During the same time frame, the Chinese saw its local silver price more than six multiple. For India, the nation that imported over 310 million ounces of silver last year, a record, that's over one-third of the world's fresh silver mine supply. The same 2003 to 2011 fiat US dollar bear market story produced similar results, but even more rewarding for bullion bulls in India. Finally, let's look at this fiat Federal Reserve note bear market analog for the USA. Each day that comes and goes, we are moving closer towards embarking upon another secular bear market for the Fiat Federal Reserve note, and closer to another massive cup and handle breakout worldwide for gold first, then silver to later explosively follow and likely outperform gold's footsteps. This time though, we'll likely end up in a gold bullion market mania for the ages. That's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. And finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.